Hello and welcome to I-55 in the East-West Trash. My name is AJ. I'm the Cubs fan. My name is Brandon, and I am a fan of the two professional sports teams in St. Louis. Mm. Because there are only two of them. Yeah. That's they, weird. It is very bizarre. Um, my All family my has had my family has had uh, season tickets to the Rams since 1999. Uh, my dad, he loved the Bears, but he got these tickets and the Bears tickets were always too expensive to mm-hmm. take the kids to. <laughs> we wouldn't appreciate mm. the quality of football right. that the Bears put out. Right. So uh, we got to go to the Rams games. And so the first professional football game I ever went to was a preseason game in 1999, okay. uh, the Rams versus the Chargers. And if you've got some kind of encyclopedic memory regarding football in the late 90s, you would know that that is the game where Trent Green got injured and oh. Kurt Warner played for the first time. Yeah. It's big. Yeah, it was real big. So I've got that memory. Led to the only championship the Rams won. Uh, yeah. So K- St. Louis has that going for it. K. Desafortunado. Yeah. Um, but uh, a we, lot. We've, we've been gone for a while. Yes, and we have. We've been gone for enough time for a professional sports team to leave the city we live in. Yeah. Um, AJ got married and divorced. <laughs> I did not. And divorced. Don't mm. tell his girlfriend. Mm. <laughs> uh, it was quick. Yeah. Uh, I I think... So we found another ninth planet. I think we mm. might have found Pluto, declassified Pluto, <laughs> and then found a new ninth planet, or at least theorized yeah. its placement in the universe, in the solar system, I should say. Mm. Uh, it's been about six to eight weeks. Yeah, and it's feels like longer. Weirdly, yeah, it's been a it's been a gosh darn minute, mm. uh, and a lot of things happened right after we kind of went off the air for the winter. It's true, um, and of course we'll touch on those in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, ever since then, it has just been a big old pile of duty until something monumental happened. Monumental. I don't know if you remember a certain episode, and, and listeners, you may or may not remember as well. We did an episode where we, we talked about, it was, it was Todd Zeal was in the title. And we, we talked about how when you're a kid, you just kind of irrationally love players who are not really any good at baseball. I, what does this have to do with Todd Zeal? <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. Uh, you just irrationally love players who are very deserving of your love. Uh, and MVP consideration. Right. Yes. Right. Um, I listed a lot of players on my list. Uh, people like Ryan Terrio, um, Corey Patterson, uh, Matt Merton was on my list. Of course. Last week, the Chicago Cubs signed outfielder Matt Merton to a minor league contract. That's horrifying. And he is going to spring training with him. Oh, no. And I could not be happier. The Cubs <laughs> subreddit was alive with pictures of people taking their Matt Merton jerseys out of retirement. I mean, they've been behind glass. <laughs> right. Hanging in their <laughs> den next to their stuffed rhino heads <laughs> and other exotic game trophies. Right. <laughs> next to... Hank Aaron, 755. Right, exactly. You know, just like really right. one of the prized yeah. treasures Don of Don Larson's perfect game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
but yeah so that that'll be fun to see whatever he ends up doing if he can make it what, through the first what week. percentage chance do you give him of actually making the 40 man uh three percent and i feel generous saying that <laughs> that does seem a bit generous because <laughs> yeah. i mean you already you already have too many outfielders yep and <laughs> you're probably gonna have another one because you De- might get dexter fowler, dexter back. fowler is probably coming back what like i mean 2020 hindsight you could have everyone thought dexter fowler was about to get paid but 2020 hindsight probably should have taken that qualifying offer mm, yeah that sounds super accurate whoops it was it was a weird market retrospectively for him too. not the best move yeah, well, like, a weird market for him, too, because, like, everybody was like, oh, yeah, like, the Nationals and the Mets, they're going to be all over that. And then no one really was interested in him. No. and Which every- makes sense, I guess, now, because he's he's 31. He was going to want a multi-year deal. Like, yeah. he no, probably he's, had his best he's, year He's 29. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought he was older than that. We thought he was. That's we oh, said. Yeah, he was we literally in, in looked the, it up in the episode. Oh we my were like, god! Oh yeah, he's probably I don't know thirty one, and looked it up like yeah. immediately after the episode. I was like, oh no, he's twenty nine, and weirder. we just predicted him four years, seventy two million to the Texas Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst prediction we've made Weird. on this podcast. Yeah, I think I mean, we got all of our free agent predictions wrong. Oh, of course. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we got a single one of them right. No, uh, except for. Did we say Samarja to the Giants? I don't know. I don't think we did. I'm, definitely, yeah, I don't know. definitely didn't say Mike Leake to the Cardinals or Jason Hayward to the well, Cubs. Yeah, like I mean, I guess not that everybody needs a catching up, but for us, catch it. We can catch ourselves up a little bit and refresh the memories of the dozen of listeners we have. Yeah. After um, this hiatus, I think we should probably also say this is our season one finale. This is our, it's taking place in 2016. Just pretend, right. pretend that this came out in December of 2015. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this is our season one finale of I-55 in the East-West Trash. We had a blast. We started this just kind of on a whim in June. Um, kept up with it pretty much every single week. I think we only took one week off and then did a double episode the next week. Um, all the way up through the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, it's a good time. We've definitely learned how to get a little bit better at it, a little bit more yeah. conversational. Yeah. And uh, we're definitely coming back for season two. So we'll probably report back uh, just after Pitchers and Catchers start season two as soon as those beautiful, beautiful injuries mm, just start, start popping piling, up. Piling up. And, uh, and then guys like Dexter Fowler, if they haven't yet signed back with the Cubs, might have yeah. a new home to call. Yeah. And... Um, Giovanni Gallardo might suddenly see his his value spike. <laughs> so it's a uh, it's gonna be a good time for season two. Yeah. Um, some interesting things have developed in the Cubs Cardinals rivalry since we spoke last. The interesting, which I mean, is really the only thing that this podcast cares about. Yeah. I mean, they're the two best and brightest teams. Indeed. And best, most well-dressed. Certainly. Character-wise. Oh. Off the charts. Indeed. <laughs> so, since we... I think right before... I think the last episode we did, John Lackey had just signed with the Cubs. And after that, the Cubs went out and they signed Jason Hayward. 
they signed Ben Zobrist. Um, I feel like they signed somebody else. Yeah, probably. Anyway, those are the main ones. Yeah, those are the... That's enough, I feel like. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Um, The Cardinals, uh, a lot of fans were getting a little antsy for quite a long time. Uh, Nothing really happened. They were in on David Price. They were in on Jason Hayward. Offered both of them pretty pretty darn good contracts. Right around 200 mil. Uh, Ended up getting Mike Leak, which everyone seems to be not ecstatic about, but cool with. For sure. Um, he's going to wear the number eight. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> uh, but that's just a dumb aesthetic thing that I'll get electively angry about, but don't really feel too much in real life. But ultimately, that's kind of it. Yeah. So that's where we sit now. Yeah. Uh, so the Jason... Like, we, let's just get started with the mm-hmm. Jason Hayward thing, because this was like the big obvious... Uh, this is the reason why we took so much time off it uh aj and i threw some punches Mm. at each other it's really Um, couldn't be it was mostly just me flailing drunkenly at aj and him um consoling me while i cried on the ground as jason hayward (laughs) left but uh jason hayward decided that he was going to sign with the cubs for eight years 184 million dollars so I was right on the years, off by 15% on the dollar amount, although he does get an opt-out after three years. And after four, or is it after five? Uh, it's four. After four. Three and four. Yeah. So the compensatory pick for the qualifying offer goes back to the Cardinals, as it does for the John Lackey signing, too. So the uh, Cubs' first two... Or, yeah, the Cubs' first two picks this year both go to St. Louis and for a team that just won a hundred games last year, they are picking three times in the first, I think 40 or first, like, yeah, 42 picks, which is pretty bonkers. Yeah. And, uh, the reason that's so important is because all this like draft slot money goes with it. So they can, kind of allocate that um fairly judiciously and uh it's setting them up for another nice off season and allowing them to kind of perpetuate this run but you know we're talking about jason hayward that is a pretty big loss and for that player who was number four in the national league in war i believe to go to your best rival a team that just got considerably better this off season. It's really tough to take. And particularly because this rivalry has been reignited. They just met in the playoffs for the first time. And as he was leaving, he basically said, I like the Cubs young core better and Cardinals have a bunch of old dudes and they're old and crusty. And I don't want to have to <laughs> smell their been gay. <laughs> And deal with their Metamucil. Mm. And, uh, you know, Matheny kind of fires back, and so does Holiday and Wayno. And, I mean, they are old for in baseball player years. Right, right. And but, I, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say, like, you know, with the Cardinals, you're still looking at, like, three tiers of players. You're looking at Holiday, Wainwright, Peralta, and Yachty. 
and those guys are 33 to 36 or 34 to 36, then you're looking at that middle tier of guys that they have, the um, the Matt Carpenter, the uh, I you could say the Lance Lynn, Jaime Garcia, uh, kind of group there, Brandon Moss for sure. And then you've got all these young guys. You've got Grichik, Biscotti, Wong. Um, I don't really want to say Matt Adams, but <laughs> yeah, he's there. Yeah. And, you know, Alex Ray is coming up. You've got Waka, super young pitcher. Mm-hmm. So you've got these this tiered series of talent. And those big contracts are three of those four old guys are going to be off the books in two years. And the other one is Adam Wainwright, who's going to be off the books in three years. And, like, it's not to say that that's not a valid criticism. Like, you want to be around the same team for a long series of, or a long amount of time. And he can do, Jason Hayward can do that in Chicago. It's cool. If you were to ask me, if I was Jason Hayward and I had to make that decision, and I wasn't, like, born into this rivalry, Mm -hmm. if I um, hadn't been around it so long, honestly, I would. I would sign with the Cubs. That's just like a me thing. That's a personality thing. Mm-hmm. I want to be around guys my own age and get that first World Series title in over 100 years. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. And uh, with the Cardinals, it's very safe. The fans will love you. But they kind of love everybody. Um it's it's low risk, low payoff because you're kind of expected to win mm-hmm. as, as the Cardinals. So like you're you're gonna be remembered in the Pantheon forever, but you're not, you know, you're not gonna be that team. You're right. you're not getting a thirty for thirty. Yeah, totally. And I think that's the metric by like that's yeah. how I would define the decision. Like you go to this team, you can get a 30 for 30. Absolutely. Um, no, I completely agree with everything you said. I very much understand um, part of a lot of Cardinals fans beef with him leaving. Like, that just sucks. Like, it would be, you know, it would be akin to somebody on the Cubs, you know, who came for a year, played really well. Like, something kind of like Dexter Fowler. If Dexter Fowler signed with the Cardinals... <laughs> if Dexter Fowler was going to get a $180 million contract. Right, right. But, I mean, that's the best I can come up with. Because for a while I was using the analogy of Rizzo, but, like, Rizzo essentially came up with the Cubs. You know, it's it's very different from Hayward, who was just traded to the Cardinals and really had no allegiance there, no loyalty to um, be had. So somebody like Dexter Fowler going to the Cardinals and... Cubs fans being like, what What the hell, man? Like, I thought we had something cool, and now you're going to our not only another team, but our rival, and you're saying this stuff on the way out about how we're old. Like, I totally understand being upset about that, but, like, he's right. There, it, It's yeah. like you said, like, he's, he's right. It's, I totally understand. He's not saying that the Cardinals are old and bad and that they're going to suck for the next three years and that it's going to be, but, like, in five years, if he wants to be a Cub, the odds are Chris Bryant and Kyle Schwarber and Anthony Rizzo and Addison Russell and hopefully Jorge Soler are all also going to be there. 
three of them. That's pretty awesome. Three of them at least will probably be there. Yeah. And, and to know that, to know that, that not only are all those dudes probably going to be there, but you're, because of that, you're probably going to be really freaking good all of those years. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm going to want to take that deal. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, you're talking about leaving like what? Not even 10% of the money on the table. Like you're, it's $184 million, like whatever. Plus I think that the opt outs in there really, really help him out. Oh yeah. Because he can go back out there and just still be in his prime. Just like back up the Brinks truck. Oh yeah. Cause he'll be after three years, he'll be 29 and he can probably get another eight year contract <laughs> for and the he's, same money. And he's getting like 75 million in the first three years. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. Uh, so basically you're asking me right now if I want to get paid two potentially 275 to 300 million over the rest of my career as a guy who hits 12 to 15 home runs. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. Sweet. Totally. And, and I get a really good chance to win a championship and have fun with guys around my age mm-hmm. and like play in a historic ballpark and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. I think the thing that sucks for Cardinals fans is it was as close to a perfect situation for a player to return to as you can get. Mm-hmm. And it just, it hurts so much more when it was 0.01% less perfect than Chicago. Yeah. Not 0.0, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, no, it was, I know what you mean. Out of 30 teams you could go play for as a Cardinal fan, we came in such close second place and it's our rival and it sucks but i think too you spend the season with the cubs being talked about i don't watch a lot of espn because i value my life and the time that is a part of it and i don't want it to be wasted uh but from what i heard um the cubs were pretty doted on nationally because of the young core and because it's a good story and because it's a major market um so you hear all that as a cardinals fan all year all these people talking about the cubs and how good the cubs are going to be blah 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 joe madden wins an mvp or wins a manager of the year even though matheny's been doing the same thing over that i'm just saying no i know i totally it's fair You, you feel like despite the perpetual success you keep getting overlooked yeah and so then you've got this Cubs team that's like this upstart team and you're like, well, that's fine. Whatever. Like we're like, we're where everybody wants to be anyway, because we're the perennial winners. And then the Cubs beat you in the playoffs. And then John Lackey signs with the Cubs. And then Jason Hayward signs with the Cubs and maybe, and I don't know if this is true. Yeah. But I mean, like these are players like leaving your team to go, you know, and you've lost to them. Like, I don't know if this is it, but maybe it's just that worry of like, what if we're not that team anymore? And I'm not saying that they aren't because, I mean, I think the Cardinals are really interesting this year. I think there's a lot of uncertainty, but they could certainly still be very good. And there's obviously zero guarantee that the moves the Cubs made work out for them. But I can totally understand there being a fear of like, what's going on? Like, we've been so good for so long and there's been competition but we've always been fine and now like 
all these things are kind of piling up. It's a, I imagine a weird feeling. Yeah, it's really bizarre. And, um, I think a lot of people, a lot of people drastically misinterpret, uh, what team is still there. Um, I think people see Hayward leaving and saying like, okay, well, that puts us back at like 500. Like it's a big swing, but it's not that big of a swing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everybody is so stoked on the Mets rotation. And I just want to say this as a point of fact and let, let everybody know that if you are doing these national lists of best rotations and you're putting the Cubs at one and or the Mets at one and Cubs at two, Mike Leak is the fifth starter on this Cardinals team. And there's so much that says that he's better. He's going to be better in St. Louis than that 3.7 career ERA. And he's going to add considerably more value than that. And, uh, that's where you start. That's why you got to a hundred wins last year. Um, on top of that, the, you know, kind of rookie phenoms that you had playing at the end of the year mm-hmm. are there at the beginning of the year. Yeah. They can add value to your team from the first day. You've also got all of these guys coming back from injury. Do I have to mention that one of them is Adam Wainwright? Um, not only that, but you are going from a team whose backups last year were John Jay, Peter Borges, um, Greg Garcia, Tony Cruz. I will miss Greg Garcia's socks. Yeah. And Love Mark them. and Mark Reynolds. Like those are your backups. And this year your backups are Tommy Pham, Matt Adams, Jed Jerko. Brian Pena, this is a league that rewards depth. That's what's important in the National League in 2016 now, but has been for the last several years. The ability to get offensive production from the guys off of your bench. You need to spell guys. You need to be able to pinch hit in important situations. You need to be able to do defensive substitutions at the end of games to protect leads really important stuff and that is something that the cardinals have addressed entirely like all five of their backup players got better and the the other one that they have is a lady diaz who was just tearing up triple a at the end of last year and was doing incredible in the arizona fall league so you're looking at all these players as an upgrade you're getting a bunch of people back from injury you sign like Mike Leak to be that kind of injury prone or injury uh, proof fifth starter um, to really anchor your anchor your rotation, and you bring in the final boss from the Korean <laughs> leagues. So you've got the all-time saves leader in that league as an eighth inning setup guy for Trevor Rosenthal. You've got Manus and Segrist. You've got Broxton. You've got Jordan Walden coming back an incredible bullpen, an incredible starting rotation, and an offense that you say to yourself like, oh, you know, gee whiz, it would 
be really great if we had a guy who hit 30 home runs, but maybe you do in Brandon Moss, a guy who in 2015 was coming back from hip surgery and who started playing considerably better at the end of the season, who still gets on base like at a 35% clip. So when Jason Hayward leaves, when John Lackey leaves, you want to say like those guys contributed for 10 wins worth of this stuff. Plus we were lucky. So we're not going to win 90 games this year. And you forget that you make signings, you get better, you make trades. And this is not time to panic. You're also set up well to continue on into the future because you've got Alex Reyes coming up. You've got Marco Gonzalez coming up. You've got all these young guys who aren't exactly ready yet, but they will be. And once those guys come up, the three draft picks you get in the first 42 this year are going to be there and ready to go in three or four years from now. So uh, a lot of people, when the Jason Hayward thing went down, kind of went ballistic. And it's definitely not time for that. This is still going to be a good fight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I'm as optimistic as you are about the season for the Cardinals. However, it's definitely not time to panic as a Cardinals fan. Like You're still, you guys are you're still making the playoffs. If not for the Pirates, I would probably agree with you. I am concerned about the Pirates. They lost A.J. Burnett and J.A. Happ. Neil Walker had to get traded because of considerations. Mm -hmm. Like, who... Pedro Alvarez is gone. Yeah. I don't know. I still think they're... I think both of them are going to be very good teams. I don't know. I'm not not saying that they're not going to be a good team. mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like... I can't think of an area other than like just strictly focusing on the outfield where the Cardinals are not a strictly better team. I mean, on paper, of course. Right. But like, even if the pirates are the other team, like I still think that this dog fight that's going to happen out in the AL West because the Dodgers bled Granky over to the diamondbacks (laughs) because the giants, have decided it's an even year and they're going to go for going it again, for it. except with two extremely volatile pitchers. Um, I just, it's really difficult for me to see the Cardinals not making the playoffs and the NL East is garbage again. I think that the Mets people are expecting the Mets to be like world, like back in the world series, and like maybe win this time. No, they are not good. Yoannis Cespedes is the only acceptable offensive player that they have. Yeah, and Daniel Murphy accounted for like 50% of their offense last playoffs. And even if he had stayed, he's never going to do that again. No. And now he's being, now he gets to go be an idiot somewhere else. Yeah. In Washington. And be like mediocre for them too. Yeah. I I just, the, the NL East is gonna be dumb again they're they're sending one team yeah i just that's fair yeah it's gonna it's gonna be you really want to say that the cardinals aren't going to the playoffs no it's not it's really not that because i i think that there's i think that there's a very good chance that they are in the playoffs 
I'm just trying to envision scenarios where that's not the case. Yeah. And it is difficult because I do think the central is just so, the central is so strong and it also has two garbage teams at the bottom that are tanking their brains out. Yeah. So everybody will get to beat up on them, get some free wins out of that, and then try to beat up on each other. And I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. I, yeah, I think that the same thing is happening out in the NL West. I think that the NL East is just is just bad. Like, I just don't... Mm-hmm. I don't think you see a team get more than 90 wins over in the NL East. Um, and second place certainly won't get more than 86. So yeah. not, not, a, not a wild card team. And then in the NL West, you've got basically the NL Central light. Because the top three teams are good, but they're not as good as the top three teams in the NL Central... At, mm. at any kind of cross reference point and the two bad teams the Padres and the Rockies aren't nearly as bad as the Brewers and the Reds yeah so um just in terms of the way the divisions are rung up and just the rosters in general mm-hmm. um the only way i can see the cardinals not making the playoffs this year is if they come in third place in the central behind the Cubs and the Pirates. And then there are two teams in the NL West who both get like 93 or 94 wins. Yeah. And definitely not out of the realm of possibility, but I think that you're, you're looking at like 10 to 20% likelihood that that's what ends up happening. Do you think you need 90 to get in the playoffs this year in the NL? I think the second wild card has 90 wins. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that there's... I think the I, Mets get 87. I, I, I don't think that the Mets go back to the playoffs. Really? Why would they? They have a garbage offense. They did nothing. Yeah. They, I mean, did, they found a way last year. Like... The Giants find a way every even-numbered year. They're yeah. garbage, too. It's... It's just, if you look at them, they can't produce any runs outside of Jonas Cespedes. 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 <laughs> I don't know. I just, they've got a really great rotation. Mm-hmm. That's that's it. And they have Jonas Cespedes. They don't have a great bullpen. They certainly don't play defensively very well. The only reason that they even went to the playoffs last year was because the Nationals were a tire fire. Yeah. And Matt Williams was their manager. <laughs> that's that's the only reason. They lost six out of seven games in like September to the Nash or uh to the Mets. Mm-hmm. Like that's enough to flip yeah. it if you go the other way. Uh Dusty Baker. Still uh still the manager. He does dumb baseball things that like cost you runs here and there, but he doesn't do terrible interactions with human beings that demoralizes your entire clubhouse and pits your players against each other. That's true. He will say like dumb things in press conferences though. Like, but vaguely prejudicial things. Yeah, but they're always in support of his players. That's true. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. But um, 
yeah, that's kind of the rundown of, of what happened this offseason. You know, and the Cubs got Ben Zobrist as well. Yeah. Locking down that second base spot. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, I was pretty I was pretty much good with the offseason after Ben Zobrist and John Lackey. It seems like a bit of a luxury to have Ben Zobrist. A little bit. I, I, don't, keep, I, honestly, I don't want to say unnecessary. Yeah. But I don't think you need him. To, I don't. I don't think he provides a significant upgrade over what you already have. But if you're going for it this year, I see why it's important to have Ben Zobers yeah. there. Um, I. I mean, not to. I don't mean to sound like a dick, but I mean, Cardinals fans say things like this. I keep forgetting that we signed Ben Zobers. Yeah. Like you signed John Lackey and Jason Hayward, and then like, I'm like, oh yeah, oh. that was awesome, and then oh, somebody's God. like. Oh, yeah, and you also have a utility guy that's going to play mainly second base, but can play basically anywhere. Yeah. Uh, who's going to be really, really good. Yep. It's uh, going to cool. just career, Great. like, pretty consistently career 800 to 810 OPS, plays plus, different, plus defense at a, yeah. you know, at a difficult position to play. Um, he adds a lot of value, and he's not going to – be a perennial five to seven war player but he's, he's getting old he's gonna decline he's, he's but. still like he's still gonna provide two to three wins above replacement and second baseman that's hard to find totally and now they have javi baez who madden is completely grooming to be the next ben zobrist yeah because he's currently playing center field <laughs> right now and that he's gonna play more of that in spring training and apparently he's like surprisingly good at it like he's obviously not like we can put him in there now and he's gonna be great but, but like in uh, two years he could be like yeah for an average guy, or above average right fielder, for yeah. a guy who um Yoked. like is so confident that he tattooed the mlb logo on the back <laughs> of his neck when he was like 17 <laughs> for he did him, it himself <laughs> it's it's not it's not good to look at like javi is the he's as confident as you can get. And he even, even he was like, yeah, I was actually really surprised with how well I did in center field. Like, <laughs> he's doing well. And that's cool because then you've got a guy where if again, like Sobris needs a day off cause he's old. Addison Russell needs a day off cause he's too busy being really good. All the time. I don't know. Um, they, Solaire needs a day off. So they move Hayward to right and they can plug Baez in center I mean, if he can get his strikeouts under control, which it looked, I mean, small sample size in the playoffs, but he looked really good in the playoffs. He was hitting to all fields. He had some big moments. Like, he could be an incredibly valuable utility player and potentially, like, a very, very good starter someday. Yeah. And he's, he's on your bench. He's like a plus dude that you get. Um it's i'm stoked i'm really excited uh, i'm going to spring training in arizona during the time you will be in florida yes seeing the cardinal spring training so that'll be really cool it will be really cool and this is gonna be my first this is my first spring training so like yeah ever yeah wow so i'm i'm excited we get to go we're gonna go see a game at the royals facility cubs royals and then the next day they're playing the Cubs are playing somebody else at their own facility, so we'll get to see two different ones, which will be cool. V cool. That's fun. What about you? 
so the Cardinals spring training facility, they actually share it with the Marlins. I think they're the only team in baseball who shares. Okay. But they share Roger Dean Stadium and you be You'd there. think some of that like talent and well-run organization would like rub off on Miami, but shockingly. No. Nope. No, not not in the least bit. Nope. Does not. So, uh going to go down there um around like March 6th or 7th or whatever. I'm going to head down to Florida. Uh, gonna be in Orlando for a bachelorette party. Ooh. Yeah, I'm the stripper. Okay, that makes sense. I'm really bad. I, <laughs> I, I'm almost apologetic. But, hey, maybe they're into that. Um, yeah, it unlikely, but we'll see. Uh, no, I'm I'm actually going as a guest, and so I'll be in Orlando. I might see if I can catch a catch a game around there, but it, it, just the way the schedules line up, it's pretty unlikely that there will be one that I actually want to see. For sure. And so um, then I will head down to uh, Boca Raton slash Palm Beach, hang out there, and then when there are games in Jupiter, I'll just go up there. So I'll be in Florida for about a week. It's my spring break. Nice. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I really need some sun in my yeah. life. Yeah, I just need to get out of this mid even though it's been a super super oh mild winter i just i need to recharge my batteries my solar cells that's fair and going down to florida early march every year really does that for me totally kicks, kicks off the spring real nice like yeah 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 that's yeah. true that will be nice get you real excited i ran into a ran into a guy at the store today who was uh all decked out in cubs gear so i walked by mm. him and gave him a go cubs and he was like <laughs> pitch the old pet on the booty yeah Pitchers and catchers report in 12 days. He, like, whispered it to me as I walked by. Like, he didn't want any, like, St. Louis Cardinals fans to hear. How did he know? Did you give him the secret Cubs handshake? Oh, I can't talk yeah, about that. Yeah, we can't can talk I? about that Uh-oh. publicly. Oh. I'm going to edit that out, but I'll forget. De- definitely does not exist. No, certainly. Mm-mm. Definitely I don't, doesn't. I, I don't know it. No. I didn't watch AJ. You better not. I didn't walk in on AJ practicing it in the bathroom. <laughs> With, with just his Jorge Soler jersey as a as a loincloth. <laughs> well, I, and now for Christmas, my dad got me a Kyle Schwarber jersey. Oh, so man. I've got left and right field knocked out. Potentially catcher. I, I don't know. We'll see how he comes along. Let's just uh, which defense he's less bad at by the time the season starts. Let's just package both of those guys for, for oh, Matt God. Harvey or something. I don't cry. <laughs> so hard. I don't want fucking Matt Harvey. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, what a garbage player. Yeah. Gives up games in the ninth in the inning. Playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you most excited for this year? Um, I'm excited for both of these teams, the Cubs and the Cardinals, mm. are who I am referencing, to duke it out all season long i the expectations aren't as high on the cardinals this year but i think that they'll probably get off to their characteristically hot start um because i think over the last four no it's been over the last five years um after the first week of baseball i don't think that they've been or after the first two weeks of baseball i don't think they've been out of the top five or something in win total Mm-hmm. Um, they've got 
like I said, that tier of veteran leadership or whatever. And so they usually kind of carry that over into uh, the beginning of the regular season. And I think that the Cubs are just going to be mashing balls left and right as they're facing a bunch of like rookie pitchers on the Reds and the Brewers and yeah. you know the garbage teams in Atlanta and Philadelphia and anybody in Miami not named Jose Fernandez. Yeah. Um, and so... Really sad Matt Latos isn't. I'm going to be with no, the Marlins. No, Matt Latos is the only one sad about that. And he's probably like playing RuneScape right now and forgot <laughs> forgot that he, he plays he played professional baseball. God, I hope Matt Latos plays RuneScape. Oh my I'll God. Trim your armor for you. <laughs> just uh, spent like hours and hours creating a character that looks just like him. Yeah. I, I just, I think that because of the Cubs prodigious hitting and kind of the shaky nature of pitching at the beginning of the season. Um, I think that they're going to go out there and get off to a really hot start. I think the Cardinals, because they kind of do this every year and still have the, that same core in place that gets off to hot starts and beats up on kind of inexperienced teams. Um, I just think that both of those teams are going to be in like locked and vying from yeah. the beginning. And I hope so. I, I just, I want that to be the story this year in baseball. It's mm-hmm. like, which of these teams is going to get 110 wins or something. And like, I, I think it's really, really unlikely yeah. that the Cardinals, uh, I, I, I mean, anything can happen over the course of a season. Piscotti and Gritchett can turn out to be the new Roland and Edmonds or whatever. Um, but I just, and you know, you can always make a deadline deal trade for somebody, mm-hmm. whatever. Alex Reyes can come up and just be shut down. Uh, but at the beginning of the season, you can still project out to be winning that many games mm-hmm. and have it be really cool. Yeah. So I, I just want to, I want them to be battling for first place for as long as they can totally and i hope we can put the beanball crap behind us which is annoying i'm interested to see how that plays out with the cubs and the pirates yeah because that was like the fresh one and is like still kind of the fresh one because it happened in the playoffs and sean rodriguez beat up a gatorade cooler and everybody remembers that (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah well but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be so awesome, and because this year this was the first year that we know that in all likelihood they're both gonna be good. Yeah, because last year everybody figured even the even Cardinals. in June your prediction was still eighty two wins. Yeah, yeah, and even like last year everybody knew the Cardinals were going to be good, but the Cubs like it was probably they'll probably be five hundred. Maybe they'll make the playoffs if they're lucky. They won ninety seven games. They might be a better team this year and win fewer games than that. It, they probably will win fewer games. Yeah. 97 wins is hard to do. Yes. And, like, you're right. It's so exciting that we get to start this year being like, these two are going to just, they're going to be so good immediately. Yeah. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah. start. It's going to be really And cool. then there's the Pirates who just, they're like the third wheel. That just keeps talking. Nobody, like you're there with your date, 
but there's just this third wheel and they just keep like interrupting you and like, like talking. Okay, well, like that's a valid point. Like we'll respond to you, right. and, like, I guess. But like, this is about us. Right. So like, leave us alone. Exactly. And they just never do. We don't share an interstate. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope. But yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to hopefully see some power out of the Cardinals bats. I, I would really like to see two guys get close to 30 home runs and like have that to be able to count on. Uh, it makes just knowing that some players on your team have that potential mm-hmm. makes watching the game so much better. So if that's Gritchick, which I think it should be. And uh, if Brandon Moss kind of gets back to that level, which would be dope. Mm-hmm. Um, I would really be interested in seeing that again. Hopefully Johnny Peralta can hit 25 ish home runs again. If they like, if they get somebody to give him a break mm-hmm. down, down towards the end of the season, that would be pretty nice. But that's what a late Misty has is for. And Jed Jerko. Jed yeah. Jerko could hit 35 home runs and I'd still hate him. <laughs> With his 300 on base percentage. I'm super interested to hear to see that, see how that plays out, see how your relationship with Jed Jerko plays out. I'm, I'm honestly really excited about this team, and unfortunately, Jed Jerko has to be a part of it. <laughs> you know what? I just I think it's his chance to get redemption from me. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> I'm going to be actively no. rooting against him. <laughs> So he's got that disadvantage going right, into the right, situation. Right. Not what you want. No. But, you know, I I want him to I want John Moselak to be right about adding him to the team. Okay. And like I, I don't particularly think that John Mabry's a good hitting coach, but maybe he'll teach him some plate discipline. Maybe Matt Holiday will show him his ways and he'll figure out how to get on base a little bit more frequently. Maybe. I don't know. Cardinals have a history with turning players' careers around. Yeah, they do. I don't think it's <laughs> Jed Jerko. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he's, so, on our, he's on our team for four more years. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, quickly, before you keep – you kept mentioning Brandon Moss and, and Matt Adams. Is Moss – if you're – well, do you think Moss is going to be the starter at first, or do you think Adams is going to end up getting the nod? No, it's going to be Moss. Moss, okay. Yeah, Moss will, Moss will be the starter at first. Um, and then you go with Holiday, Grichik, Piscotti in that order mm-hmm. from left to right. And, uh, you know, if Brandon Moss doesn't work out at first base, then you send Piscotti to first if that works. Or even send Holiday to first because I know that they've been giving him reps. That's what's going to be really interesting to watch in spring training to see who is playing first base mm-hmm. and, like, who they're giving reps at first base. Because if you could have an outfield of Piscotti fam and uh Grichik. then it's like three sophomore players all of them have pretty darn good speed and defense mm-hmm. um you're you're kind of injury proofing matt holiday who knows how good of a defender he'll be there unlikely that yeah. he'll be super good but he's still gonna get on base maybe not for, as much of a liability yeah. as he's in left field i think the the fact that he gets on base 40 percent of the time and still hits a lot of doubles and stuff like that. Uh, and you're the, what is it? The liability with holiday at this point is that his legs just won't hold up for him. And he's less of a defensive liability at first base than he is in left field. Mm-hmm. So 
um, things will shift around enough by um, by the beginning of May or the beginning of June that I think we'll see a much more solid defensive positioning of the offensive players that we've got. Yeah. And just hella depth off the bench, so. That's how it's looking. Faux show. All right, man. What about those uh, Kabaruskis? I think you got to go left to right. Unless Schwarber has made huge strides at catcher. Just pinch hit every single day. <laughs> Seriously. Like, I... <laughs> His just, bats just, are worth too much. And he's not... I mean, he's... He looked really bad in the playoffs, but he played left field all year and was never... Like, he's not great, but he was never terrible. He just had a couple bad plays in the playoffs. He can play left field. It's going to be fine. He's going to have more work at it. Hayward in center. Soler in right. And then third is Bryant, obviously. Russell at short. Zobrist at second. Rizzo and then Montero catching Ross catching on Lester days. I'm pleased as fruit punch mm. with that lineup. Holy crap. It's like a MLB the show fantasy draft lineup. It really is. Yeah. God. It's really pretty really pretty. Really pretty pretty. Your six hitter could hit thirty home runs. <laughs> That's a lot. Like I mean, ours yeah. could too, but the the five before him couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I think that with Schwarber, you can still get him three at bats per game if you pinch him in the fifth inning. Like, just pinch hit him if you're down. Just pinch hit him when you've got a guy on second or first base or whatever, and then just like go for the two or three run home run that puts you back (laughs) over the top. And that's the way you get him in there. And then as soon as you're up again, pull him out with the defensive replacement. His bats are worth too much, man. And he's serviceable enough in the outfield to get it done. And who knows? He could, he could do well enough at catcher that they can put him there some games. And that really frees you up to do some rad stuff. Yeah, I just, I've been 20 feet away from that man as he played outfield, and it was really, really upsetting. Huffing and puffing. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously his bat is worth so much, but um, if you can still get him over 500 at bats, like, you're not sacrificing bats to, like, scrub-level AAA players or anything. Like, Mm -hmm. the other guys are... Um, pretty darn competent themselves. Oh yeah, Chris Coughlin's still on your team. The guy who started in left field for most of last year. Let's just forget that he exists. Can we just do that? I don't want to. It's whatever. You don't want to talk about Chris Coughlin? Yes, he's just a big old doo-doo head. I mean, I forgot until just now. Yeah. Um, But I don't know. I don't know. It it looked like they were potentially going to get that DH there, and then they said, nope, not this CBA. Yeah. So... I think it'll happen, but... I still think you should trade Schwarber. No. I, I, I really do. That's too good, man. Get a equally good pitcher. I think the pitching price is too high right now. I think that's why the Cubs didn't trade for one. That probably makes sense. I mean, you After saw the, the Shelby Miller. Hall, well, like, yeah, that's because Arizona's 
ridiculous. Well, that's apparently what they were talking. Like there were obviously none confirmed, but rumors that they were talking to the Cubs, and they kept asking for Addison Russell or Chris Bryant. And Jed Hoyer had to keep being like, "Are you insane? Like, no, we're not doing that." That's really obnoxious. Right, and so they eventually settled, but they wanted like Solaire and several more like triple a players yeah. and like and then they end up getting something like that from arizona because arizona yeah. is crazy yeah i don't know i just i think the i think you're right the pitching market is too high priced right now which is weird that it's so high priced and the lower end of the free agent market is just like not moving yeah you know like well i mean it has moved or whatever but i don't know do you think there's be- like an increased value on cost control no um i think there is increased value on pitchers who have consistently demonstrated the ability to provide two wins and above mm. which is why mike leak got 80 million and why jeff samarja got 90 million yeah um that makes sense i still think that the samarja deal was garbage but We'll yeah, see. that's that will be really interesting to see how he does in San Francisco because there are people who are talking about that. Um, the I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the pitching coach for the White Sox even kind of admitted, like, yeah, I tried to get him to do things that he wasn't. That that's just not the kind of pitcher he is, and that he had a rough year partially because of that. And maybe that's true, and maybe he goes to San Francisco and he helps them get that even year bullshit. Stop it. But hopefully what happens is he crashes and burns and the Giants are terrible. And Well, I don't wish his death, AJ. Well, right. Wink. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But he can be good, but the Giants still have to be terrible. Yeah. That's that's all I want. Cool. All right. This has been a lovely episode. Indeed it has. 55 in the East-West Trash. We'll be coming back at you in uh, two weeks or so. Yeah. Does that sound about right? We'll let you know. Yeah. Word up. Um, Happy end of season one of this podcast that we have done. I'm Brandon Curry. I'm AJ Ward. Reba Derchi. Thanks, guys.